0: And welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We're
1: thrilled that you tune in again today, and we're going to continue our journey to help make sense of this crazy, crazy world in which we find ourselves. Lots going on. Uh, Sometimes you just look out uh, and watch the news or pick up a newspaper or or, uh, whatever is going on in popular culture, and if you're like us, you just scratch your head and you go, what is going on? Uh, And is this for real? It's like we're living in some strange fairy tale, a dystopian novel, you know, and Uh, you're like, how in the world could people be saying these things and expect us not to laugh out loud in their faces? It's so ridiculous. Uh, But what we've been trying to show you is that the current phenomenon is not, um, you know, it it did not just spring up overnight like a mushroom in society. This is actually the culmination of centuries of incremental uh, bad ideas, godless ideas, and i like to go back and just point out, you know, when we talk about ideas, every idea comes from somewhere. It's either rooted in God and in God's truth, or it's a lie. And we know if it's a lie, it's from the father of lies. It's from Satan. It's from the pit of hell. And so one way to look at ideas is Christ, Antichrist. And when I say Antichrist, I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about a spirit, the spirit of Antichrist. It's anti. Christ's ideas that go against the revealed truth in God's Word, and every time we stray away from from truth and from Christ, we end up in the antichrist camp. And the antichrist camp always leads to tyranny and oppression and exploitation and pain and suffering, and 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 that's not a good place to go. So yeah. we want to stay in a Christian worldview. We want to make sure our thoughts, you know. And I was challenging our church uh, a few weeks back on this whole abortion issue about just how foggy our thinking and how soft we become in in the body of christ as it relates to critical thinking about really really important issues like the sanctity of life we have to think clearly we have to be rooted in truth we have to know god because uh to the degree that the church strays from uh, the truth that we've been given, we end up in really, really bad places. We we become impotent. We become irrelevant. Uh, we we ourselves become a godless representation of of the church right. of Jesus Christ, and that's a scary place to be. You know, I, you think about like this this building that we're in, this church building we're in. It's founded on
0: foundations. It's yeah. on found infrastructure and foundations. Yeah. You look at a nation. You look at the governmental structure. You look at the constitution. You know, so. What is a nation made of is made of ideas and philosophies, yep. right? So, so so, you have to consider when you're building worlds, you're building culture, you have to understand what is the foundational pieces to that culture, to what you're building and what are the philosoph- uh, philosophical underpinnings that yep. determines what it is. Yep. And this is the battle we're in right now, and and um and we have this. We feel like we have this, the solution. The Bible's giving us a solution Amen. to build an awesome world, awesome nations. So
1: that, that's why we do this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I am so committed, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but to the superiority of the Christian worldview. In other words, we've we've got to examine truth. We have to look for what makes sense, what fits the world around us, what produces the the, the best fruit. And uh, unashamedly, we should be saying it's God and it's the ideas that come from the mind of God that lead to the greatest blessing on planet Earth. And so that's what we're committed to on this podcast. You know, last week we talked about a scoundrel, Karl Marx, whose wickedness, whose godlessness, uh, whose wicked ideology has led to actually uh, here's a man that was seeking uh to help those those who were in his mind exploited and yet his own ideology has led to the deaths of over a hundred million people and now is coming like poison and uh, the neo-marxism coming like a poison across america today dividing us into groups causing us to be uh, at odds with one another um if, fomenting, you know, jealousy and covetousness and everything else, the haves, the have-nots, uh, all this kind of talk that's going on in America today, you hear the, the echoes of Marxist uh, thinking and Marxist ideas behind it all. Uh, and so we're going to move today to another uh, scoundrel. And I, I use the term intentionally because when you look at the fruit of this man's life, Uh, You realize what a godless, wicked man that he was. But again, just as Karl Marx is still in vogue at most of our state universities, his ideology, here's another godless antichrist person whose name is Friedrich Nietzsche, uh, who, like Marx, uh, is a product of the enlightenment thinking uh the whole idea that we can do away with revelation that human reasoning in and of itself is an, is more than enough to provide the answers that mankind is looking for yeah. and it's interesting marx uh was asking the question he obviously didn't believe in god he believed that mature societies would kind of throw off the belief in god but what was bugging him was why does this Idea of God still persist. Like he gave the example of Buddha. You know, after Buddha died, um, we still have people years later worshiping Buddha, even though Buddha's dead. You know, Um, why do why do these ideas of of gods and worshiping gods? What is it about humans that holds on to these defeating ideas in his mind? Ridiculous ideas. Um, He hated God. He was the one that came up with the whole idea that God is dead and we have killed him. Uh, a couple quotes here from Nietzsche. Uh, he said Christianity has been the most calamitous kind of ignorance yet. Uh, I could just hear the modern atheists who, who are who are voicing the spirit of Nietzsche today. You know, he he was not shy about his atheism. He was not an agnostic. He was probably the most very virulent, outspoken God hater. Um, and that's what made him so radical and, and made him so revolutionary in his time. He said, I regard Christianity as the most seductive lie that has yet existed. Again, what a powerful, powerful, bold statement in a basically a Christian world in which he was speaking. Um, and what I appreciate about Nietzsche, if Pastor Ron, how could you appreciate Nietzsche? Uh, what he understood, like none other, was that ideas have consequences And if there is no God, and God is dead, and we have killed him, then literally that takes the whole world and turns it upside down. In other words, he, we always talk about connecting the dots. Nietzsche wasn't afraid to connect the dots. Other philosophers had their theories about whether or not there was a God, but they did not take the next step and say, well, if there is no God, then, for instance, how does that shape law? How does that shape education? How does that shape You know, every, how does that shape religion and the family? What does a godless universe look like if we take that to the logical consequences? And I applaud him for that because at least he's intellectually honest, right? There are some, some atheists today that run around, I don't believe in God, but, but they, they never take their beliefs and practice those beliefs. They always still lean, they always still lean on God as if he does exist. Yeah.
0: I think about a kid. I don't know this this, this analogy makes sense. In my head makes sense. The kid's like, mom and dad, I always follow your rules. I wish you guys weren't here. And the mom and dad's like, okay, then just you know, you're your own then. But he's still eating out of the fridge, you know. He's still <laughs> using their electricity and power, and they're just like, it's like, oh, this is this is great. Until mom and dad's like, wait a second. One day it's like, wait, you don't want us being here. Then you need to go get your own house, get your own rent, get your own food. And all of a sudden. All of a sudden, he's like, wait, it's not so good without <laughs> mom and dad telling me what to do, right? And I feel like what's going on in America no, today is, is many atheists are like, we don't want God. and then all, But they don't count the real consequences. Right. They still right. live on the fruit of the biblical worldview and the prosperity has produced, right? And living in it. Whereas Nietzsche is actually like, wait a second. If I don't have mom and dad, that means I shouldn't be living in the house. I gotta get a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have yeah.
1: to, you know. And, yeah, and, and I think your illustration is incredible. I I have had times, for instance, when my my kids were, you know, <laughs> we're having a discussion about something, and yep. I was trying to pr- provide some boundaries, and yep. they were maybe you know pushing back a little bit, and then I would say something like this: "Well, you know what? I've really only got one more year with you, and then you're you're gonna be an adult. You're yep. gonna be you're gonna be leaving the house." And you're going to be having to make these decisions by yourself because I'm not going to be around, and you're going to have to figure out what your calling is on life. You're going to have to pay the bills. You're, yeah, you're going to have to find a place to live. You're, and all of a sudden they realize that I'm not here trying to ruin their life. Yeah, I'm here trying to shape their lives. Yeah, and they move from seeing me as an, you know, as an enemy to seeing me as an advocate. Yeah, uh, but it's the same way. Okay, it's it's convenient to say. Hey, we're living here on this amazing planet with all this incredible things like gravity, water, sunlight, food, yeah. sunlight. you know, wow, look at those mountains. Those are cool. Look at that beautiful river. Look at the flowers, you know, but now all of a sudden you go, well, all this is happened by accident. There is no God. And so let's talk about so if there is no God, let's get real practical. You know, what does that mean about reality? Well, for starters, it means life has no meaning. Yeah. Well, why, why am I here? And, 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 I and life has no meaning
0: So violence has no meaning Yeah, human and Atrocity has human no meaning Human nature has no meaning Sanctity of life Sanctity of life uh, You can Pain has no meaning Right? Uh, family and relational things Has no meaning So so what's keeping the What philosophy Is keeping from somebody From just murdering A whole school
1: Right? Oh, absolutely And, 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 and why is it wrong? Why is that wrong? And wh- how can you even prosecute it? Right. right. In other words, the whole legal system, like I, every single law that exists on the books, is somebody's morality put into code. So, if back to back to uh, to Marx, if yep. there is no God, then every piece of that morality, every law, is the the uh, the power groups yep. oppressing of the weaker group. There is no inherent value or truth behind the law. Right. It's just a tool used as oppression. Right. So, so now we get to Nishi. And he and, and this is the radical thing about him. He says, if you were not created by God, then you and I have the ability to create ourselves. Mm. We determine who we are. We determine what we like. We determine what's right for us. We determine what's wrong for us. That basically, if there is no God, I'm God. And I get to create my own self. Yeah. And, and boy, this is huge in our society, this kind of. Yeah. Who are you to tell me? And, and, and people, you know, I've seen that some of these um, uh, pro-abortion pro rallies with some of the vulgarity on the signs. But it's directed towards God and religion. Keep your religion and all kinds of profanity off of me. In other words, who are you to tell me how to live? I don't, I don't believe in your God. I don't recognize your God. Therefore, I can do whatever I want with my body. My body is my body. Yeah. Uh, and you, you see all of this godless kind of thing. Yeah. I
0: mean, I just think practically, I want to ask the viewers or listeners, what is a, would you like to live as a neighbor to somebody who is, has a God complex? Would that make you feel safe at night? Would that make you yep. safe about your house and your kids running around? I'm right. I mean, just, these are very practical things. Right now, even if your neighbor is not Christian or they're atheists, there's still underpinnings of morality by, by the infrastructure laid out from West Nassau. That's going to keep people in order in general. But there are many places that's falling apart. A lot of our cities are falling apart in corruption
1: and crime, and you're wondering why. Okay, so we look at law. Yeah. Or the opposite lawlessness. Lawlessness is describing what's going on in many of our urban areas where life is cheap, where we've denigrated law enforcement, um, where we encourage self-expression, high corruption, uh, corruption, godlessness. I mean, it's a perfect stew for just bloodshed and violence, Uh, but it's rooted in lawlessness. So even the notion of law comes from a lawgiver. If you kill the lawgiver, if there is no lawgiver, then we become our own lawmakers and we can pick and choose whatever laws best suit us or or, or, or whatever we wanna do at the time. Yeah. So here again, if you kill God, Nietzsche said, everything changes. There's no moral stability, for instance, in the universe because morals are just made up. They're just really personal preferences. Um, there's no accountability, accountability to anyone greater than you. We're free from all external constraints. Uh, the death of God is the death of human nature itself. So in other words, if we're not made in the image of God, then there really isn't anything special about human nature, which led us to some of this radical environmental thought where, uh, one, you know, the, the lady from PETA who said a rat is a boy is, or a rat is a pig, is a dog, is a boy or whatever. In other words, she was putting level ground. There's no, nothing yeah. different about human nature from a rat's nature. Right. right. Um if there is no God. Can I just yep. share about that the idea that
0: there is no constraint, <laughs> there's no law and and the, the disorder produces, you know. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, my kids are yelling at each other and No, uh, your uh, kids yeah, my <laughs> kids yell at each other and I and I'm losing that, I'm the noise, so I'm yelling. Stop yelling. And even as I'm telling them to stop yelling, I realize I am disobeying the same rule <laughs> that I just told them to do. I mean, I've been guilty right, guilty hypocrite as a dad, okay? But in those cases, what am I doing? Am I saying, hey, the rule only applies to you and not to dad? Or do I say, you know, I shouldn't yell either. Because there's a higher rule. There's a higher standard for our family. And I am not above the rule. I am a constraint under the rule. Right? right. So you can't scream at your kids while you teach them not to scream at right, each other. Right, right. Stop beating you while I'm, while I'm, stop hitting people while I'm punching people. It's like, But the, the point is that's important to our society. Because now you have, if, if you take away all constraints, basically any rule is simply my oppression over you. Right? right, And I'm, I myself is not subjected to the rules. You have almost all kind of corruptions that you see in our government today. Probably most likely in our federal government. Rules are for you. For me, you know, you guys gotta be quarantined. You guys can't do all that stuff. But for me, I'm on a different level. I can go hang out. I can go whatever places I
1: want, right. you know? Right. And that's the that's the society we're building right now. So this is I, re- this realized. I don't know today. if people connected us, but okay, so. What, what are we trying? In education, for instance, yeah. we used to want to form young people to be godly people, good citizens which were synonymous with godliness. In other words, we wanted people to, to tell the truth. Yeah. We wanted people to have courage. We wanted people to have humility. We wanted people to obey the law and respect authority. And I mean the list goes on. every one of those attributes came from the scriptures which was God's heart. And so when you're raising your children, uh, you're not raising them to be good Marxists. Uh, you're raising them to be men and women of God. The, yeah. the standard of humanity, whether it's being male or female, is Christ' likeness. It's being like the Lord. So all of our laws have to coalesce in righteousness and truth. And if there is no God, there is no standard. And if there is no standard, then who's ever in power, we get back to Marx from last week, who's ever in power makes the laws and those laws serve you. Yeah. And so for, for Nietzsche, if there is no God, then the greatest, the greatest attribute was the will to power. In other words, you should be looking to lead, control, and dominate with your life.
0: And, and, and look what's communicating to my kids. If they see me yelling at them saying, you should not yell, okay? I'm communi- to, communicating to my kids that really it's all about dad being charged. It's, it's about dad's whim, whatever I want. It's a power. I'm manipulating and controlling them as opposed to say, hey, these are rules are our family because it's for your good. These are God's rule. And I myself was going to lead you to conform to them. You know, but, but, but the other philosophy of just manipulation will destroy my kids. They will look yes. at rules and laws and they'll just be like, who cares? Right, you know? who said? Who said? Why do I need to obey that law? And then it causes dis- dissociation of our relationships and all kind of. I mean, just even
1: those little things matter because you're communicating something powerfully to the people around you. And, and, and what Marx and, and Nietzsche have in common is simply the idea that morality is simply what the group currently in power uses yeah. to control and exploit That's the group. That's so dangerous when you um, think that. yeah. So 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 again when we say this behavior is wrong or or this uh, you know whether it's transgender, this is immoral now we're viewed as putting our superimposing our views instead yeah. of the fact that no we're just simply stating god's views on this issue. And then we're, you know, who are you to shove your, we reject your God. We get into all these kinds of public yeah. arguments today. Yeah. Um, Nietzsche hated uh, Christianity because Christianity in his mind was the reason that uh, we had weakness in the world. He saw Christians as being kind of the the, the slave group, the group that people exploit. The, the sheep, yes, get all, all, all these examples. You know, Jesus comes and he he says, "No." Uh, he turns the world upside down. If you want to be first, be the last. Yeah. If you want to be the greatest, yeah. right, be this, be the servant of yeah. all. Care for the widow, yeah. care yeah. for the yeah. oppressed, yeah. Yeah. the least of these. Yeah. All that Jesus stood for, he said, was <laughs> Jesus was simply making virtues out of those things so that the weak could actually overthrow the powerful um in other words if we embraced humility and compassion as a culture we would actually be weak and we would empower all of these weak people who needed our compassion and our mercy in the first place so he despised jesus he despised the compassion and the love and the mercy of jesus he saw it as weakness and he saw it really as something that contributed to weak cultures Um, and so uh, he, he called it the herd mentality. You know, uh, That's what everybody's doing and you need to rise up. And as you talked about, let's, let's highlight this concept of Nietzsche, the superman. Mm-hmm. What is the superman and why did Nietzsche love that idea and try to emulate that idea? Yeah, it's a man who's
0: liberated from all constraints, liberated from the societal constraints and things for himself herself um was the rebel and you're defiant of social convention and you basically create
1: your own meaning your own purpose i mean it's really the beginning of postmodernism. It's saying i'm my own god yeah you know? it's the uh the that uh, rebel go against the grain yeah do what's right for you yeah. don't let anybody tell you how you're supposed to live and we see this in so much of hollywood movies yeah. um that kind of philosophy um, but it's all about strength. You, you Self-creation. You be you. You're, yeah. You got a blank canvas. You know, you paint. But, but in the Hollywood rendition, they're always throwing <laughs> ounces of
0: compassion and caring for the poor and weak, which is not exactly consistent <laughs> with the worldview here because they're still borrowing on Christian principle of compassion and caring. Because... You know because the, the the world still you know needs that so it's just the inconsistency that it's a buffet man you take a little bit of this you take a little bit of that right and then you
1: create this meal well and and you know as we know uh one of hitler's favorite authors was nietzsche now yeah. now nietzsche did not support uh you know nazism personally that was not something he was espousing but again one idea at least another day idea you know. which leads to another idea and certainly hitler Uh, said that he would go into the museum uh, by a bust of of Nietzsche and have his picture taken because he so admired uh, Nietzsche's thought as well as Darwin's thought because of course Darwin gave us a uh, and, and I, a concept of the world that was godless you know a, a self-created yeah survival of the
0: fittest. so if you are not fit you
1: are not you not you you have no right to survive exactly know? and if i and if power is the game yeah. then we're going to be the superior race we're going to dominate the world and if we have to exterminate the jews or anybody else then it's just part of the
0: yeah part of the process it's, it's the power it's is it's, it's justify the philosophical
1: justification to pursue power as your number one priority so we're our own masters there is yeah. no god morality becomes merely an expression of personal taste um all human relations according to nietzsche are driven by desire for power so um while marx had the oppressor uh, oppressed categories Nietzsche also agreed that really it's about being in, in control so even in the you way know, like you said burn it all down, burn the whole system down well what that means is destroy the current status quo but then they don't have a plan because now they're the exploitive class yeah. they're the now oppressive that's... class and then this group down here is going to eventually burn it all down again and then they're going to take control, yeah, it's... it's a never ending cycle, cycle. Yep. Of, of, of violence and destruction um so again with this superman that nietzsche conceived of uh this is a free spirit we celebrate people today that have we call them free spirits they they color outside the lines they they do things their own way they dress their own way they you know whatever this it's all about self-expression this is very much nietzschean in, in its roots defiance of all social conventions and expectations you break, want to break with the herd mentality and be a self-creator. And this is important. This whole idea of ethics becomes aesthetics. In other words, we don't have guidelines, moral guidelines. We just simply have, like you said, a, a buffet. Well, what do you like? You Oh, you don't like green beans? Have some pudding. You don't, You don't like chicken? Have some steak. Uh, morality becomes a matter and ethics becomes a yeah, matter. You go to the mall, you go shop for your ethics. Yeah. You go around. Whatever like, works
0: for this you. This ethics looks really good for me. I'm going to try this on for a few months and see. And eh, it didn't really work
1: out. How about this ethics? There's no real transcendent uh, constraint on this. Or guidelines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, Nietzsche, like Marx, hated marriage because marriage is viewed as a constraint. You can't just act on your sexual desires you can't just sleep with whomever you want marriage says be faithful to one spouse uh, and be committed in marriage raise that family and 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 be a family man right be committed to your kids right whereas Nietzsche says no 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 that is a that is a restraint uh on your self-expression um, and therefore, it needs to be done away with. So, a lot of the, when you see attacks on the nuclear family, attacks on traditional marriage, marriage as oppressive, all of this is coming out of Marxian and and Nietzsche uh, kind of thinking. Uh, and you need to understand the roots of it. I, I love this because this explains our society today. Spontaneity and self expression are all that matters. We can be whoever we want to be. And we answer to no one. Um, if that doesn't capture the—that that sounds great—an the educational system. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you have a
0: classroom of forty kids who be whatever they want to be and they answer to nobody. Now educate them. I'm yeah, like, uh,
1: yeah, listen. a different job. <laughs> on, on this level, it appeals to to the rebellion and the and the wickedness and the heart of yeah. human beings to reject God. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? Did God really say um, uh, that suspicion that God does not have our best interest in mind? And again, back to Nietzsche, when you look at the outcome of their lives, Nietzsche is a tragic figure. Um, Again, so popular in, in modern culture in our university settings, and yet Uh, Such a miserable example of a human being. Um, He wrote a book called the Antichrist in which he himself uh, Was Jesus he he himself was the Christ and shortly after he authored that book amazingly he went insane Um, And he spent about a decade of the last decade of his life completely uh, uh, out of touch with reality and his sister would sell tickets uh because he was like a a show people would come and watch him act out because he was literally crazy and out of his mind and demonized um and uh and she would sell tickets to raise money now this is a a man again whose ideas are taken very seriously in many of our university settings today his ideology is certainly part of the air that we breathe today and uh and again look at the outcome of these people's lives he was a scoundrel of a person Uh, He lived a wicked life. Uh, Most of these folks, too, that conveniently reject God have a problem keeping their pants up, and uh, they have sexual lives uh, that are just uh, with whomever, whenever, however, Uh, and so it's a convenient uh, intellectual hurdle that they cross when they throw God out, then they don't have to worry about restraint of any kind. But as the Bible teaches, when you live that kind of life, uh, the end result is not good at all. So you see no strong marriages, no godly families. In fact, just the opposite. You see women mistreated. You see children neglected, uh, many of them starving to death under this type of leadership. You see poverty in their own lives. None of these people uh, were financially successful or stable. Um, You see when they died, nobody bothers to show up because they were such selfish Uh, wicked people. Nobody wanted to be around them. Even if you agreed with their ideology, you didn't want to be around them. Um, This is all the fruit of godless worldview. And I would just like to say again, the whole Nietzschean spirit that's so alive and well in America produces death and disease and destruction and alienation, uh, because that's what you get when you reject God. And I like to encourage people. I I would do this when when we uh, were teaching Christian worldview. Um, if you're going to question the existence of God or reject Him altogether, then uh, then be like Nietzsche. At least be intellectually honest. And quit, uh, you, you, for instance, if you reject God, you reject morality. So don't run around telling us Christians how what we should or shouldn't be doing. Don't get involved in government because you should, certainly shouldn't be uh, oppressing other people by putting your ideas into law and oppressing them. Um, don't don't get involved in, in any public debates because your opinion do, doesn't is meaningless and it doesn't doesn't have any basis for meaning because you live in a meaningless world. Um, don't don't run for. Uh, public policy where you're going to create laws because their laws are meaningless in a world where there's no lawgiver. i mean don't get up in the morning and say i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be all that i can be and I, i'm gonna you know pr- pursue x y or z because you live in a meaningless world so just stay in bed and go to sleep or better yet commit suicide because life is meaningless i mean at least face the consequences of your bankrupt worldview uh while you're still attacking christianity or other worldviews um be consistent because atheism leaves you in a real really, really bad place. Uh, And you're going to die someday, but it doesn't matter because you're just going to turn to dust and go to nothingness uh, because there's a nothing empty universe out there. And and if you're happy with that, great. But Christianity provides so much more hope. It's so much more intellectually rewarding and it produces a much better existence for all of us. Uh, And that's the message that we're trying to spread far and wide on this podcast so any final comments on mr nietzsche well i think <laughs> as as we dive into this i'm like wow
0: this stuff sounds so familiar if everything everything we watch on tv every ideology is espoused by political figures commercials music i mean that's that's the air we breathe today but, but rarely
1: are those names actually used yeah, that's yeah so, that's the point, yeah. and I think this is why it's helpful. Maybe talk about some historical figures that were the, the uh, tributaries of, of all this yeah. bad poison that's going on into our society. You might not, you might not know who Nietzsche was or who Descartes was or or Marx or whatever, but uh, but when you see that it's it, it, their ideas are everywhere, yeah. and you know, you brought up something important too—not uh, just Hollywood. But the the whole musical industry and how much of our music and the songs that are sung are just pure. Well, it was, there's a, there's a, there's a philosophy that comes out of Nietzsche's called nihilism. Mm-hmm. It's basically a philosophy of meaninglessness. And uh, and many of the atheists were humanistic atheists. In other words, they they embraced still ideas like freedom and love and you know. But if you're a true atheist, all those ideas are meaningless too. There is no freedom, there's no such thing as love, and there's no such thing as liberty, and there's no such thing as justice because all of those constructs come from our Christian worldview. Yeah. And so Nietzsche at least said, no, life is meaningless, deal with it. And that meaninglessness is called nihilism, is simply the, what the, the philosophy that ends up when you throw God out. You live in a purposeless, meaningless, yeah. empty, dark world. Uh, and 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 logically, I, I don't mean to, to say this lightly, but logically, the end result of that philosophy is, why am I alive and what does it matter? And then you find people are committing suicide by incredible higher rates or now. Taking other people with them as they go. Yeah, just acts of violence, like you yeah, said. Just yeah. uh, let's just go destroy as many people as we can before yeah. someone kills me. I mean, it's just wicked evil, uh, but it comes out of a godless worldview that gives people no hope. So. Uh, Boy, again, let's dive in. I would encourage every Christian watching this, spend the rest of your life building and understanding your Christian worldview, because it's going to provide you with a framework for living the best life possible. I I think what gives me excitement, and I'm not depressed by any of this, what
0: gives me excitement is this framework has helped me understand the vacuum for the Christian worldview to fill. You know, we're not swinging pendulum to the one side or the other. Oh there is a – I won't even call the middle. I would call a, a complete – uh, transcendent level yeah. that that appeals to to the needs for compassion, the needs for meaning, the the needs to help the poor, the needs to 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 ha- relationship for those who are gifted and prosperous to live in a meaningful way. It answers all all the questions, all these issues here is answer in the Christian worldview, and and we need that. I think many times people go to church, but they don't talk about these deeper things, right? right? They don't talk about how the The biblical worldview provides the most satisfying life, the most meaningful, fruitful life, enriches society. And that's why we as Christians are stewards of this great blessing. We have to take
1: it to the world. Amen. Well said. So, hey, let's, uh, let's trumpet the good news. Part of the good news is Jesus Christ is alive and well. He's our Savior and King. God is alive and well. He's on his throne. He loves us. He's revealed truth to us. He speaks, he communicates, he shows us that we're not here alone, and he points the way to living the most blessed life possible. Yeah. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's, that's the good news of the gospel, so let's be faithful and sharing that everywhere we can this week. We look forward to being together with you next Thursday. Until then, have an amazing week trumpeting the good news of Jesus Christ.